yo, it's the same pod, but it's a new question. And that question is, who you love? When you think about the word love, what comes to mind first? Is it Hollywood and the movies? Is it music and poetry? You know, for me, oftentimes when I think about love, I, I think about people first. The people that are close to me, the people that I want to pour into, and the people who reciprocate that and show me the same. So on this episode of the Life IQ podcast, we'll be diving into this new question. We're talking about our love lives and how we interact with our friends, specifically how we choose our friends. So without further ado, let's get into it. Happy Sunday, happy weekend. Welcome back to the Life IQ podcast. Today's guest, oh man, what can I say? What can I say about today's guest? I started calling him the pod father because, you know, flashback a few months ago when this, uh, this, this idea was in its inception, we recorded an unreleased episode. We recorded an unreleased episode and listening back to it, I just thought it was so fire. I was like, I got to bring this guy back. Um, this dude is, to me personally, he's a big brother. Uh, he always shares a lot of wisdom every time we link up. And I thought it was only right to not be selfish. I'm like, let me give everyone access to this wisdom I'm getting on a daily basis. So it's my pleasure, my honor to introduce Flo Falarin Odunayo. Welcome, homie, to the Life IQ podcast. How you doing? I'm blessed, man. Happy to be here. Uh, I do love the podfather nickname. I like it. Why you sound um, so shy right now, man? I'm always shy, bro. Always like the always first. I'm like, also, I was like, I was thinking, first of all, I'm glad I passed the audition, you know, with that, yeah. <laughs> with, with the Ex- episode exactly. zero. He was like, yeah, it slapped so much. I, I had to bring him back. So, yeah. Um, but thanks, man. Happy to be here. This is cool. Like, I've really loved watching you go from like idea to launch to now, like being mm-hmm. in the thick of it, making a podcast. So. Happy to always hop on and be a guest and uh, chat, have a good conversation. We always have good conversations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, why not share it with the people? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to everything that we're, we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, you know, taking a step back, how are things with you? How's life? What's going on? Yo, life's pretty amazing right now. Um, it's, it's a mix of things. There's a lot of change. And so I'm experiencing like exhilaration. So being really excited about the projects that I'm on, but also like a shit ton of fear because like I don't know what's coming next. Um, and that mix is is pretty intense, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but it's better than it was six months ago when I was just kind of like hating everything and wanting change and wanting to get out. And so um, be careful what you wish for. You might get it. <laughs> That's kind of like my feeling. Uh, but it's really good, man. I'm in a good spot. The weather's changing. It's getting warmer. Today is shit. It's raining. Um but generally, Toronto has been better. Like the weather's been really good outside. The sun is shining more. It's springtime. Yeah. Like, bro, what would I say? <laughs> honestly, you know, bro, like, man. But honestly, isn't isn't that what life is? Life is a combination of excitement and fear. Um, I feel mm. like that's just the that's just the roller coaster of what life is. But like you said, you know, focusing on the positive things that are happening, whether that's a weather change or whether that's the things that you're doing in your grad program, which I want to talk about a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, it's all it's all about that balance, you know. But how has it been getting back into school? For those who are listening, um, I would say Flo's a little bit of an elder statesman when it comes to oh being goodness. in your 20s. Oh my um, I'm kind of a young buck, you know, not even 25 oh yet. Goodness. I'm not going to expose his age, but just believe me when I say he's uh, he's on the, the, the greater scale, the greater side of, of the <laughs> age, you know what I'm saying? Stop this. Um, but that's just some context to to lead into you deciding to go back to grad school. I think it's been about six months now uh, since you've been back, or maybe even more. How has that process been? How has it been to finish undergrad, take some time off, and just be in the workforce, and then get back into a graduate program? Um, I think overall, I would say I'm really, really glad I did. Um, you know, having like worked for what was five and a half, almost six years before making a decision to go back. Um, I got to a place where, one, I was kind of unhappy with the career I was in, right? That was the first thing. Um, and then I need, I felt like I needed to gain new skills and gain exposure to a whole like other 
world of possibilities and grad school has been the perfect place to do that um i wasn't one of those people man like that from 10 11 12 knew what i wanted to do like that's never been me i've always been really envious of people like that so all the way even through undergrad man i started off as an engineering student finished as an economics grad you know so i definitely like the world between those two is so wide right i i i, I didn't know what I wanted going in and I came out like with something else. And so I definitely needed time to like mature as a person, like, um, and get more comfortable asking myself questions about like how I wanted to spend my time, what I wanted to see in the world, what I wanted to learn. And those five years like in the professional world were really useful for that. Like, um, but yeah, plunging back into school has been just really, really incredible. Like I'm just learning a ton about stuff that I actually want to. Like, I wish, I feel like if I had graduated with an economics degree, I could have gone and done like a master's in economics. That would have been awful for me. So I needed that like five years to be able to figure shit out. Yo, so for anyone who's, like I mentioned before, you know, Flo's elder statesman, for anyone who might be a little bit younger, one of the cheat codes I've figured out with life is just getting older friends. I feel like <laughs> a lot of the time, <laughs> and you know, it's the whole premise of a shared experience. A lot of the time you could just ask your older friends, what they've done before, uh, and kind of use that to guide the things that you're doing moving forward. Um, but switching gears a little bit to what we're talking about today, um, we are hopping into the next section of the questions. Uh, so we started with work life. Now we're talking a little bit about our love life. And that's all about the relationships that we have with ourselves, with our friends, uh, and then romantic relationships. And today I wanted to start it start with talking about the relationships that we have with our friends within our social life. Uh, and the question for the next few conversations is who you love. So who do you give your time to? Who do you give your love to? Who do you give your attention to? Uh, and Flo, we talked about this on the unreleased episode and I wanted to bring it back because something that I really admire about you um, and I try to put into practice in my life is being intentional with choosing your friends and those relationships that you give energy to. So if I was to ask you, how do you choose your friends? Um, I'm gonna keep it super open-ended because I feel like that, you know, leads to the best responses. How do you choose your friends, Flo? What's your process like? What do you think about when you're choosing your friends? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I really like that. I saw when you were bringing this back, by the way. I really liked that you did, because it's like, this guy didn't, he didn't roast me enough on the first one. He oh, no. <laughs> Bro, I'm coming for your neck this episode, just so you know. <laughs> I'm coming for your neck. Um, but I, I was also thinking then about the framing of like, you know, how do you choose your friends? And also the idea around intentionality in in friendship, right? Yeah. And like the way I, I, I view it now since our conversation is more like, it's not like I'm walking around thinking, oh, I'm going to be friends with that person. It's more mm -hmm. so um, there's characteristics that I'm looking for. Mm. Right at this stage in my life, that if you have them, I'm more drawn to you. And then it's all about like that mutual exchange of ideas of of love, right? Which you can categorize as many things. Of again being intentional, right? And in how you want to engage with this person, um, and then and then you go from there. And like some things really grow like really organically. Like I feel like our relationship grew really organically, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like I was like you know. I want David to be my, my friend. Kind of thing. Yeah. He walked around. It's like, yeah, we're, we're G's now, bro. Like, you yeah. know, it wasn't kind of like that. Like, like it wasn't kind of like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's certain things that I saw and I was like, you know what? I admire this in this guy, you know? Um, and, and then we have conversations and it's nice. And then, you know, when I'm out of touch, you reach out because you're intentional about staying in touch, you know? Mm. Um, and I think there's a almost reciprocity reciprocity is probably the key thing there that I look for then. Um, yeah. If I could actually just summarize, yeah, reciprocity. Let's put it that way, right? Like I, I, I love to see um, people, when I put stuff into them, like, give me love. Give it back. <laughs> Show it back. Like, sound, it feels yeah. bad to say that a little no, bit. Like, no, but I want you, like, no, that's I love not you to love though. me back, bro. Like That's not like, even strange because we, we, you know, we before we get into this phase of life, and, and I referred to school on some other conversations as this bubble um, of relative safety. And, you know, a lot of that might apply to 
the career or the path that you're on. But I think that safety also comes in a social sense where mm. if you're feeling like, oh man, maybe like I'm, I'm lacking in terms of my friendships, you can easily go to a party or an event. Like, man, the amount of people that I met, you know, in university through just Panda Game sure. and the fact that we hated you, Ottawa. Um, mm. And then you see someone and then the next time you see them, you're like, oh, you know, this this is a guy I met at this event. Or even one of my one of my closest friends, Monica, I met her like my second Capital Hoops and we've been really close friends ever since then. But nice. I feel like once you hop outside of that, like once you're done with university, those opportunities mm. don't really exist. Um, so how do you get to the point where you're able to show that reciprocity or there's some sort of likeness to a person that connects you with them mm. and then creates like an actual yeah. long lasting, you know, friendship. Do you want, do you want us to keep it a hundred? Do, do we want yeah, to keep it a hundred? Always, always keep it a hundred, bro. So you're going to post the phase, right? That you just described. You're going to find that there's going to be a lot of people that you're giving love and attention to that are just honestly not worth it. Hmm. They're just not worth it, right? If you sit down and like put it on a piece of paper, like what you get back from that, and this is like, it's not like I'm fucking keeping score. I don't want it to sound that way, right? Like you're keeping score, like, oh, but it's like the energy it takes to engage in that friendship, right? It's just, you don't get that same value back, either in comfort, either in quality time, either in network, if you're going to keep it 100 as well, or either, you know, there's some people you just like, they can plug me with opportunities, fine, you know, we can keep this going, right? Yeah. Um, and so life, like your, your, your bandwidth is limited. And I think to continue to refine and curate the purity of your friendships, just like every year, you got to cut off that bottom 10%. Like, you know, right. And I also think that's okay. But I, I, in framing that, I don't think you leave it like negative. You know, there's always opportunities for old friendships that have like, you've grown apart for that to be rekindled. You know, there's so many mm. things that go on in people's life that mean that, you know, your relationship with them is not a priority. Like all of those things are totally fine, right? I'm not the yeah. kind of person that's like cutting people off like I never want to speak to you again, that kind of vibe. Um, but the people that are, are closest to me that have been there consistently, like a lot of my friends I've been friends with for like seven, eight, nine, ten years, right? Like mm. I have like really long friendships in that way. So it's interesting I that know, I think you bring it's up... Interesting, sorry? I was going to say, it's interesting that you bring up, you're not the type of person to cut people off because I think where we're at in society, that's like a norm. It's almost like it's encouraged sometimes. Like, I want to clarify that, right? Not, not that like I'm not the type of person to cut people off, right? But to like leave it negative. Like I can, that, like there's, there's no space in my life for you right now. Is the thing I have said to someone. Like, you know, I don't think it's bad, right? But it's like, if you ever need me, you can reach out, you know what I mean? But like, we don't need to be catching up like every day kind of thing. Like, your energy right now is not suited for what I need in my life right now. Yeah. Like, kind of vibe. Um, That's a I don't know if, Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's sitting on the fence a bit, you know? But I, I just, like, like, there's certain... I don't think you should just burn bridges, you know? I don't know if yeah. it's... But I think I reserve the right to, like, not need you in my life right now. And that should be okay, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It might be sitting on the fence, but it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds... It might be sitting on the fence, it now, but it's real. I'm saying it, I'm like... No, but, sorry, but think about it. Like, how, how many people can you genuinely give energy to in a way that, like you said, it is reciprocal? How many people can you genuinely care for and invest as much as you want them to invest in the relationship it gets very exhausting and, and i was saying like my other point about cutting people off like it's almost a thing that's expected i see posts all the time where it's like if you're not getting x y and z from this person you know snips or whatever the case may be yeah. but it doesn't have to be that drastic like what you said is a bar like hey at the point in time that we're at in this friendship if you need me i'm here but you know, there's no space in my life for you right now doesn't mean never talk to me again. 
And I know there are situations where things might be toxic and the best thing is snips. The best thing is, you know, we just, when we're together, we're combustible. So let's just go our separate ways. But I don't think that that's the same application for, for a bunch of different friendships that you might have. And I personally believe there's like levels to friendships. Um, but I wanted to ask you this next question because um, it's hilarious in terms of the response the first time we were talking about it. Um, is how many friends would you say you have? Like, if you had to put a number on it, what would that number be? I still don't think this is a fair question, bro. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not a fair question. Like, it's not. It's not a fair question. Fair question or not, coming up next, Flo is going to put a number on it. Also, if you're not yet following at Life IQ Podcast on Instagram. Stop sleeping, get out your phone, follow your boy, show some love, check out the content. And now, back to the episode. There's people that I haven't spoken to in five years, and I feel like if we jam today, it'll be a great time. And if we're in the same city, we, it could lead to like a, a great friendship. So I don't want to not call them friends, you know? So I don't know, if we're cruising family... Yo, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a fair Full question. disclosure, full disclosure, yeah. the first time we talked about this, you said 40. That's a decent number. I feel like that's a decent number. That is not... It's not facts. There's no way you have 40 friends. Is that small? That's small, man. 40 people that you would call your friends. That's why I asked you that like question, like, how do you choose your friends? Because if yeah. you ask me how many friends do I have, like, by default, I'd say, like, 250. Dude, but, like, okay, first of all, 250 is a lot of people, right? Yeah. I, I, can, I can get, like, if you're going to have a party right now, I can get being able to invite 250 people because you know 250 people. I get it. But friends, like, it's hard for me. Like, I don't know. Man, I don't, but I, it's, but I, think, I think your definition of friendship is so specific. So let's define that for a bit, right? You, you tell me, yeah. when you, like, when you say, how many friends do you have? What weight does that word carry for you? For me, a friend is someone... That if I see you, like if I see you in public, let's say, okay, um, you know me, I know you, but we're going to say, yo, what's up? How you been? There's people that you might see in public, you guys know each other, but you're not on that level. Maybe you were friends like that before, but you're not on that level. So you might, one, act like you don't see them. You know, they look at you, you know, they're looking at them, like type of thing, but you don't say anything. You walk by, go your separate ways. There's people where you give them a nod. Yo, yo. But then there's people where you're like, oh, even if you're across the street, yo, I'm crossing the street, I'm hitting you with daps, and I'm like, yo, what's up? How you been? And that might be the extent of the conversation. But to me, that's like, if I were to over oversimplify it, that's a definition of a friend. But then there's yeah, also have, like people who are like, my boys. Yeah. Like, okay, like we're going to catch up. You know, we're going to chill for hours. There's people who is close friends. There's people who are like family so those are like when we're getting into the 40s and the 20s. But like mm. if I said, yo, how many friends do you have? And you tell me 40, that's cap. <laughs> that's actually okay, cap. That's fair. I think through your first, I think through your first definition is definitely, is definitely a ton. It's definitely a ton. There's definitely a bunch of people that like, um, I, I see, I, I, I want to catch up because I haven't seen them in a while. It's like, oh my God, you know, I remember a time that was great or, you know, you're an interesting person. I want to cross that street. I want to say hello. I want to make sure that you're doing okay. I want to show love. Mm. There's 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 a good there's a good amount of people. It's a good amount yeah. of people. I did want to say something about um the the culture that you mentioned around um cutting people off, right? Mm. And where that might come from. And my perspective on that has almost like evolved over the last couple of years, which is to I think often people are entitled to other people's attention and love, right? Mm. Like because you're, you're going through shit and you feel like your shit is tough, life is tough for you, and why are other people not reaching out to you, right? Why are other people not showing you love in the way you've shown them love? And I, I'm guilty of this too as well. Um, and we re respond to that through this, like, you're going to get cut off mentality, right? It's almost like to avoid rejection, we reject first, you mm. know? Um, and then the entitlement is like from the idea that 
other people don't have things that they're going through or they're going through their moment and maybe you're the toxic one in their life like yeah. so there's some self-awareness piece in that that I think is lacking in in internet culture or whatever and that leads to that that's what we see right which is yeah. just cut off no patience no sort of nuance none of that stuff um, underneath all of that I think is this like lack of self-awareness and then this like rejection piece where you don't want to get um, it could not really be about you you may not be the center of the story but you're just like you Bro, don't want to find out anyway facts that's a perfect segue into um, talking about maintaining friendships and these relationships during quarantine and I think one thing that I've been guilty of at certain points is thinking that you know I am the center of that story where it's like mm. you think about someone you're like man this person hasn't reached out to me in a while and I know that like I'm the one who's always reaching out or whatever and feeling a little bit of okay what's going on like you know this this isn't going back to that theme of reciprocity what I would expect um, and I think there's certain situations where those expectations are valid and we're going to talk about that a little bit mm. but understanding that man everybody's life right now is different everybody is mm-hmm. you know locked at home trying to figure out what comes next everybody's tired of zoom and facetime um so how have you been able to maintain connections with your friends maybe it's the person that you would cross the street to talk to or your friends like those close ones that fall into that that category of the 40 have you been able to maintain those relationships during quarantine and lockdown it's been hard um so I mean now the quarantine lockdown has been like a year plus I think it's enough evidence enough time to like have phases so I can almost mm. put my struggle with connection in like different phases early on it was like everybody on house party everyone was mad everyone was so it, excited everyone was so it was so excited. all that right and, yeah. and so it was easier then right because from um from doing calls once in a while we were in the situation where doing calls and virtual was culture was and so everybody was doing it and so it was much easier to stay connected those first few months um i've always had difficulty with with calling and staying in touch with people that's like not my strong suit so how you're the person who's always reaching out i'm not that person yeah facts Flarn is awful at answering his phone Sometimes I'll, t- I'll text this guy a quick thing too, like, yo, check this out. I need help with this. I'll get a response like 54 hours later. I'm like, Mo, I, I, know, I know you're on your computer or on your phone. But, you know, I've learned that that's how, that. And like, but the thing is like when you, when you respond and when you show up, like it's full force, you know? So, and I just had to learn yeah. that and, you know, never take it personal. And, and now I know like, okay, I'm going to shoot this text off. I might get a response in 15 seconds. Or it might be 15 days, but either way, <laughs> I still got love for you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. And you know what? I'm going to hold myself accountable here and say that, like, I've been reaching out and talking to people more about, like, the effect that has on them. And I want to understand that better so that I can show up better, right? Um, and I don't think it's, like, another thing I take pride in, like, not responding. It's just, like, sometimes it's hard. Um, and so it is something I'm working to improve on. But, like, I'm not great at that. So... The next phase I, I was dealing with a lot was like disconnection and I'm still dealing with that now right like where you know I got into working and doing school full-time and I was not connecting with anybody <laughs> around that time and I just didn't have the time and over the last couple of months um, as well like with transitioning out of work and just doing school full-time and figuring out this next phase in my life um, it's been it's been difficult but I think what I'm constantly reminding myself is that like I always feel better after reaching out and after connecting with a friend. Um, and so I'm trying to use that as like my motivator to say like, this is a thing I have avoidant feelings around, like, but like just making that call or scheduling that FaceTime and spending that hour, investing that hour could make me feel good for two, three days, right? So um, that's a mental like, trick I'm playing on myself, but it's it's been tough man because it's not like you can go out for beers which would be a different experience so it's not like you can go um you can't really plan activities around your engagements with people anymore it's more just like virtual like it's literally like you're speaking into a camera all the time right so um yeah yeah it's easier to connect with people in terms of ease of access but the connections are it feel I'm jaded now. It's the same shit. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not really able to do stuff. Um, 
So it's, it's been tough for me, man. I can't even lie. The difficulty, too, I found is even just the willingness to be as real as possible. Um, I think something that I struggled with at the very beginning was um, when, like you said, when the craze was there and everyone was calling each other and we were all on all these different apps, we're talking about, bro, it's locked down. Like, what did you do today? And that was like a very easy conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oftentimes, like, it wasn't as easy to go deep and maybe talk about the things that were a little bit harder um, mm-hmm. or the things that were not as lighthearted, let's say. Um, mm. So I think when you're talking about phases, for me, like I've got to a phase now where I'm comfortable having any sort of conversation over FaceTime or any sort of conversation over Zoom with my friends. Mm. Whereas at the very beginning, um, it was kind of like, one, I think we were just in the mindset that it was going to be over soon and things would be back to normal. Mm. But two, it was like almost like a little bit of a barrier to overcome to have like all of those sorts of conversations because you can't tell body language like you can't tell mm. you know there's all the different things that come with regular conversation yeah, the way we've been brought up to have conversations that don't translate when you're going screen to screen you know mm. so those are like some other things that i think where i could put into like sections or phases when it came to being able to connect with people that i had you know relationships with yeah, yo, no, that's a really, really good point. I think I noticed that in myself as well. Like now just being a little, a lot more open to any type of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not taking me 45 minutes to warm up to being like, yo, it's been a hard day. Like these are things I'm struggling with. I don't need right. that 20 minute small talk, bro. You call, it's like, hey, how you doing? Great. Let's go. Let's, I need that. Sh- I need that session. Hop into like, it. Hop into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Therapy session. Um, no, that's, that's a really good point. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. This is a celebration of life segment. Uh, so it's going to be a short shout out to someone that might have impacted your journey or someone that comes to mind when you're thinking about the theme of this episode. Um, so I don't know if you have one off, off jump flow. Um, I don't want to go first. I want to show respect and honor to, you know, that the elder. So um, <laughs> you can go ahead and start us off. Don't kill me. Um... Yo, this is supposed to be positive, so I'm not going to do what just came to my mind, uh, which is to shout out someone who was actually trash, but I learned a lot of lessons from. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not going to ruin the spirit of your section. <laughs> um, it's got to be, it's got to be Pam, doesn't it? Like, I feel like it's got to be Pam, right? Who is Pam? Um, Who's Pam, bro? Who's Pam? So Pam's, uh, Pam's the girl I'm dating right now. Um, she's my girlfriend. And... And I feel like, you know, I like the impact of your journey, but because I'm in a very interesting space in my life, right? Lots of change over the last 12 months, which, as a friend, you know, um, and lots of change with her as well. But one thing that I have learned from her that has allowed me to embrace every other aspect of my life is um to be so much more open to the fact that it is a journey and to the fact that I, I am learning and growing um and i think prior to that i was in a space where everything was more like stagnant um it, it didn't feel like i was accepting learning and i was accepting growth and i was accepting change it felt like i was fighting against it um and through her i've learned to lean in to the journey of learning and growing and 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 that's been transformational. So if we're mm. going to celebrate a life in a segment, we might as well give Pam a shout out. Um, and also just to see if she'll listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I might have to hit Pam with a text after and just like a little quiz. Like, oh, at what minute and second timestamp did, uh, did Flo give you a shout out to see, yeah. to see if she's real with it? Um, but man, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. I would say my shout out goes to because we're talking about friendships. Uh, my shout out goes to my boy, Kwesi, um, who I met literally on the first day of university um, on academic orientation day. Uh, I'm originally from Nigeria, Kwesi's from Ghana. So a little bit of beef over who has the tastiest jollof. But besides that, I, I can still remember vividly the first day. I was wearing some like Nike Roche runs 
uh, and we were just by coincidence we're sitting next to each other and he's like yo I like your shoes and I said thank you I don't remember what he was wearing they're probably some beaters but I probably lied and said yo I like your shoes too um, and from that day man we were boys we ended up living together our last year of university now he's in Sagam in Toronto so with the lockdown we haven't been able to see each other that often but he's one of those friendships that I know that I might not have to shoot him a text daily um, but when I do need him and when I, you know, reach out or vice versa, when he needs me and he reaches out, like we're always there for each other. Um, and it's like less of a friendship and more of a brotherhood. Um, and like, you know, he's met the whole fam. I've met his fam and all that kind of stuff. So uh, shout out to Kwesi, man. You're you're a real one. Keep doing what you're doing. And we'll definitely link up soon. And also shout out to Pam. Thank you for holding down flow, keeping him sane um, and just, you know, being being his rock. Yes, keeping me sane, bro. <laughs> Very important. I mentioned before that one mistake that I made, you know, over the past year of uh, of being in lockdown was thinking that everything did revolve around me, and and I think there were certain situations that I was wrong for that, but. Um, there was also a period of time that was extremely critical um, in terms of who just we are as black men, where there were images and, and things that were shown on TV that were just a symbol of the greatest systematic issue um, when it comes to racism in, in North America and across the globe, um, and also the theme of police brutality. Um, and we've talked about this and, and we've mentioned how there was an expectation for friends and those relationships to show up. And that wasn't, that expectation didn't align with what actually happened in reality in some cases. Um, so what I want to talk about and you've alluded to a little bit is what kinds of conversations were had during that time. Um, and let's just really start with how did you know, or what was the tell for you to be like, all right, this is a, this is a conversation that I have to have with this person, this person, or that person. Like, what was that tell for you? Um, what was the tell? The silence. Hmm. The silence was loud. The silence was loud, man. Um, it was deafening. I had a, such a surreal experience during that time, man. Um, I think, you know, in the wake of the... George Floyd killing and all of the outrage, all of the, everybody was saying something. If you're a black man, what your social media looked like was that everybody was saying something. Mm. You could scroll, you were saying something, you know, you mm. were, you would drop in bars online, right? It was a traumatic experience. The whole world responded to that moment. Right. There were news reports from across the planet. Right. Mm. Um, and if you're a black man and you were looking at your social, there was an obvious silence. There was an obvious silence and it was loud as fuck. And that was the tell. That was I was like, OK, no, these, these, you cannot want to be in my life at any other point. And at this really fucking loud moment, you're silent. No, it was enraging, right? Mm. Um, there was no other, t like there was, there was, I think just like a passing, like share of a post may have not ticked me off. Like it may not have been like a thing that where I was like, uh, but I think just how egregiously silent it was. It was like, mm. nah, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. Right. Because as a like as someone who has a lot of quote unquote acquaintances or first level friends as you would reference them, right? Like these are people who when culturally black things are popping, right, are usually kind of involved in some way or vocal in some way or participate in some way. And I think that's the juxtaposition that always sets me off. You know, where it's like mm. you can because you can see it there. And I love that. I, I rarely have any any issue with like calling people out for loving black culture like i love that like i love black culture like i love nigerian culture like i think that nigerians are the funniest people on earth i would Facts. never trade being black for anything ever 
Like, and mm-hmm. so if I love it, I can't beef anybody, black, white, blue, Asian, green, whatever, for loving it too. Because objectively, black people are incredible. Just like, you don't even have, just we're incredible. So not participating in that, I think is your loss. I love that for you. But yeah. as well, you gotta be There's just something as that comes with it. There's something that yeah, comes exactly. with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And that was to tell for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I remember the day, I rem- like I remember sitting on my floor and just like, nah, you know, it, I couldn't, I couldn't continue in that, with the world that way. I needed to introduce something else into the world to kind of like make sure that we were correcting that or at least having a conversation about it. For me, it was like, okay, there has to be some sort of acknowledgement of like, yo, I don't even know what to say to you, um, but like, yo, I'm sending you love. I actually tweeted that too. I, at one point I said, if you're not black and you're, you're thinking, or you you don't know what to say, you you're kind of confused of what to say to your black friends. Just think about if you were in a situation where you felt pain, hurt, fear, aggravation, anger. What would you want someone to say to you? And start there. I I don't want you, I don't I don't need you to come in my phone and be like, yo, I understand the trials of Martin Luther King. I under you know what I mean? Like that's not what I need. I, that's not what's needed I just, right now. I just need to know yeah. that like. You know, if something were to happen to me, mm-hmm. that you would be there and you would care. Um, and I know, like, we've talked about this. I know that's, like, it seems like such a giant undertaking for, for people. And, and no one wants to say something annoying. And no one wants to be canceled. But I think, like, when it comes to your friendships, just knowing that, you know, you can just start with love. That's the simplest thing. You just start with love. And all the other pieces of educating or whatever comes after that. Yeah, but yeah. the question I wanted to, to ask you was like, did that ever feel like a burden? You know, calling people out, starting those conversations, was it burdensome for you, or did it feel like this is like no, a not 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 a, not a burden, as in the sense that like I feel like this is my cross to bear or anything like, or I feel some sort of responsibility to other black people. Like I don't feel like I have to carry some sort of burden for the black community or for other black people to call this out um no it was more so like there's definitely the like i don't want to be looked at as an asshole feeling right um which is that like that i got over very quickly (laughs) you know like (laughs) like yeah you don't want to look like an asshole right but i got over that very quickly you know a man just died Right, yeah. a man's. I mean, people die all the time. It was just the way this death happened. Let's be let's be real, right? The strategy all the time, but it's really the way that week was fucked up. You know, there was the Amy Cooper thing with Chris Cooper in the dog park, right? And then there was the George mm-hmm. Floyd thing, and then there was the Ahmad Arbery thing. Like that whole sorry, that Ahmad Arbery thing came a little bit earlier. So that whole month was it was a build up, right? Um, so it was really what was happening in that moment. Um, no, I don't feel like it's a burden, you know? I don't feel like I'm taking on some sort of extracurricular debt or anything. It's just, for me, it's also kind of deeply personal in the sense that, like, if you want to be in my life, these are the issues that you're going to have to care about, you know? That's really non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And then structurally as well in society, how you move, right? Uh, I think we were all waking up to the idea that we could no longer just right. allow allow this to be happening without even just commentary where we're a long way from justice but even just like acceptance that this is a thing that we should be talking about actively all the time in m- many mm-hmm. ways right that was i think what the summer of 2020 was for we're a long way from like even getting to equal getting to justice right like as we've seen mm-hmm. with all the stuff going on since since then um yeah, but I, I don't know if I, I I would say that like I, it was burdensome for me at all, man. It was it was just more so like, bro, like can't believe I have to say this shit, you know, <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point though. In terms of what the summer did was open up our, at least personally speaking, open up my friend group where speaking about social issues isn't. It's not like weird, you know. I think like there might have been a little bit of a metaphorical eye roll before if someone's constantly saying, yo, this is what's going on. And people mm. are like, oh, okay, here we go again. Like, you know, you can't yeah. care about every single issue 
in the world, Dude, which is which is true. It's negotiating your humanity with your own friends. Twenty mm. twenty was the year where you stopped doing that, mm. right? Because believe mm. me, the dominant commonality in your friend group does not negotiate what they consider to be their humanity when you guys talk about issues. You see what I mean? But the black folks in that group is like, okay, we have to convince you to pay attention to this human aspect of our experience. And 2020 was the year that we just stopped doing that. You're just like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think in some way it's like, man, it's, it's so weird to, to think that good has come out of, <laughs> of quarantine. Um, but <laughs> personally, like, a couple of things I can point to is one, just like the balance that I found in my life when it comes to physical, mental, spiritual. But the second thing has been the fact that nowadays, man, if you go on Instagram, if there's something going on, best believe you don't have to remind people to do their research and speak mm. up on it. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I think like fast forward a few months going into what happened with NSARS in Nigeria and it's still happening um, in Nigeria I was honestly quite surprised at the number of people on my timeline and my feed who were getting educated about the issues that were going on, um, even like extending to like the church that I go to, which is an all nation church, but also like obviously the leadership is not Nigerian people. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it's crazy to think that that event that was just like, it feels like we're, we're building up, not just for the few months before, but several years. Like these are issues that have been going on for several years. It was a buildup. And it took everyone being at home, you know, everyone being at home with nothing else to focus on. You couldn't escape the things that were going on. Whereas before, no you know, you you post, you you get, you go to bed, you wake up, you go to your job, you see your friends mm. and all this stuff disappears. But now you couldn't escape it because mm. it was literally in your house with you, bro. Right there. Like it yeah. was literally there. So people couldn't escape those conversations. People couldn't escape the reality of what was going on. And I think now just seeing like other things that are still happening, um, I think people are are more they're more active in taking on the burden of like, okay, this isn't like my black friend's issue. This is like the issue of the world that I live in and I want to continue to live in. I want my children to live in, you know, mm. and that's yes. like one of the good things that I've seen come out of this period where you couldn't be ignorant or distracted by distracted away from the issue. And now. My favorite segment on every episode, it's story time. And we leave y'all with some life lessons. Stay tuned. <laughs> all right, story time. Yo, it's like, all right, story time. Yo, okay, let's go. crazy story, crazy story. Um, so one of, the, one of the best parts about um, my QC experience in Carlton was the friendships that I walked away with. So we had Lilian for the first episode. Who's, who was on my executive, one of my closest friends now. Uh, and then Luke and Nat, who were also vice presidents um, and two of my closest friends as well. The important thing to know about Luke and Nat is that they're very outdoorsy-minded people. Um, they're pretty intense when it comes to just physical activities that you can do outside. Like, I'm an active person, but my relationship with the planet's a little bit different. Like I might go outside and play basketball outside, maybe go for a run, but I'm not doing these insane hikes and skiing and things like that. I'm trying to get better, but mm. I'm still a beginner, let's say. So I had the pleasure of going out to see them in September. I actually went out to surprise Luke for his birthday. They both live in, in BC. And before I'm planning with Nat, she's like, yeah, just, um, you don't need much. I could probably do a couple lighter hikes. So just bring like some nice running shoes and a couple of layers. So I actually go to the Nike store and I buy like really basic running shoes. They they look good, but bro, these aren't shoes they use for hikes. I get out there and I figure out people are using hiking boots for the hikes that mm. were going on. They're not using regular <laughs> running shoes. But you know me, man, a little bit of, I'm like, yo, I, I'm in shape. Like I was in amazing shape last summer. So I'm like, yeah, I can, I can body this easy. So we go on the first hike, the first day of hiking. Um, and we're like half an hour in and everyone's going at a good pace. I'm feeling good. Uh, and it's like, I was just like at the, the, I was farther back in the line and Luke was behind me and I started feeling a little bit of a spasm in, in the muscle of my quad. 
And I pull Luke aside. I'm like, yo, Luke, you know, no issues here. But just so you're aware, um, one of my quads is starting to <laughs> starting to twitch a little bit. But, you know, I'm good. Just letting you know. Like, that's what's going on with me right now. Drinking some water. He's like, cool. I'm eating some, like, nuts and some fruits and stuff. And we're going. And then we're, like, an hour and a half into this hike. And we get into this, like, really beautiful beautiful field and then you can see that there's a bunch of what they call switchbacks where you're just going higher elevation back and forth to get to mm. the top um and at this point i've seen a lot of views man i've seen the mountains i'm like guys you know what i've gotten what i came here for um my legs are starting to feel a bit tired i think i'm just gonna chill here and the rest of you can go on and enjoy <laughs> the rest of the hike because i know you're pretty intense yes and we're there with a group of like eight people you wanted to stay Bro, I Don't said, I said I've, I've accomplished what I came here. I, I yeah. haven't seen views like this in Ontario, <laughs> so I'm good. Higher elevation means lower oxygen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? That's all I That's all I knew. So I tell them this, and, and now the whole group is like, no, like, David, we really want you to, to see this because everyone I was with, like, either lived in Alberta or or British Columbia. Mm. Um, so it's like, no, like, we'll, we'll just chill. Let's do, like, half an hour. We'll, like, kind of camp, do a lunch, and then we'll go. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we chill, I drink some water, I stretch, whatever, and then we start stretch this aggressive climb, climb to, to the top. <laughs> so we're going back and forth. Both both of my quads now are having some spasms. I'm punching my quads, like trying to get them to loosen up, which apparently you're not supposed to do because it just makes it tighter. Um, but I, I thought I saw it somewhere. I was just punching them. So we're going, we're going back and forth. Yo, no cap. We're five minutes from the top. Five minutes from the top. Now I'm feeling accomplished. I'm like, wow, look at me. Just a humble boy from Ontario. And I've, I've climbed this mountain to see this view. And I take a step on my right leg. My right calf seizes up completely. The craziest cramp I've ever had. And my right quad at the same time. So I shuffle to my left. Exact same thing happens. <laughs> left calf, legs, left quad. Seize up, bro. I just have to dive out and shoot my legs in the air, just straight up in the air. And I couldn't move. Like, this was, like, probably some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And I've, like, broken an arm and other things like that. Um, and everyone's just like, oh, yo, like, we're almost at the top. Let's go. <laughs> Guys, I promise you, if I could walk right now, I would be at the top. But that's not the situation. God had other plans. So basically what happened was I just had to sit there on the side, drink water, eat nuts while everyone else ascended this mountain got their photos got the views um and i waited for like 40 minutes took a nap had my bear spray they came down and then we went down together but really funny story to tell but the takeaway is you have to find friends who set you up for success <laughs> natalie knew natalie knew that i wasn't experienced with hiking and told me to get running shoes bro well, you're gonna. Why would you not that? send me out with some hiking boots, <laughs> man? Yeah, always, always amazing stories when uh, when I link up with Flo. So, so to wrap things up, to put a bow on it, uh, we're gonna share some life lessons. And Flo, I'm looking for a life lesson here that's specific to social life and uh, love life when it comes to your friends. So if you had something that you've learned over the, the you know, the past few years or you've learned over the past year when it comes to quarantine in relation to those relationships, what can you share? Um, just having faith that you're going to edit out this long ass pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking about it like, and it's probably just from what you said um, earlier in this conversation, which is just like, remembering that it's not about you and then on top of that just adding that like deep down everybody just wants to be loved so like if you're if you remember that it's not about you and you're in a sticky moment just like what love would you want to receive and then just give that you know and then once you do that it's out of your hands you know do that that's within your control um remove yourself from the center of the story show love um in the way you would want to receive it. You know, you can't go wrong with those two things, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with those. Now, I don't know if I ever always behave like this. I don't know if it's always going to be the solution for you, but like it's been helpful 
you know, in my life. Uh, and it's stuff I definitely wish I knew when I was like 21, 22. You know, for mm. sure. Yeah, deep down, everyone wants to be loved is such a bar because we feel that when it comes to ourselves, but we don't always apply it to other people, you know? And it's almost kind of ridiculous that we can't just think, oh, if I'm feeling this, you know, if I'm feeling this, someone's feeling this at the Mm. same time. My life lesson, I have two from this conversation. The first one, something that you mentioned is um, not negotiating your humanity. Okay. I think that's so important, especially when building friendships that we want to last a lifetime is being open to talking about the things that have both a positive and negative impact on you when it comes to you, like when it comes to the core of who you are. Um, and I think that was a, a wonderful thing that you said in terms of like before last summer, that's something that a lot of us were doing. It was just mm. negotiating that. And then we got to a point that was critical. That was like, this can't happen anymore. This is who I am. And these are the things that matter to me. And also doing that for other people, because there will be other issues that come up for our friends in the future and being able to remember, you know, and apply in the same way. The second thing that I learned is that from ever going on a hike, I should do my own research because... Some people are built for the outdoors and some people are built to prepare for the outdoors. Yeah. And I'm definitely, I definitely fall into that second category. Yeah. Both is just fantastic advice. Honestly, can't go wrong. with (laughs) (laughs) Bro, you'll never catch me on a mountain wearing Vans. I'll tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that was like eight years ago, man. I've grown. You've grown. You've learned. Yeah. I've grown. I like to hear that. Yo, Flo, this has been a pleasure. It's always, always a dope conversation when we link up. I'm excited that people get to listen to this and, you know, build their own takeaways, but also just tap into the wisdom that you have and you've acquired over so many, so many years Monday, of being on this you stop this, please? <laughs> <laughs> There's too many, so many's in that, my guy. <laughs> like, Yo. <laughs> I just had to, man. It was it was just right there. I just had to. Oh my um, god! Wow. No, but but real talk, man. I appreciate you, man, and, and I try to tell you often, but telling you you again, I appreciate everything. Um, and you know, I'm excited to see where life takes us next few years. Likewise, man. Thanks a lot. It's been it's an absolute pleasure. Like again, so proud of this work. I think this is a. Uh, I think this is a great outlet. Um, You've done phenomenal. It's been a pleasure having you in my life the last couple of years as well, man. And for sure, I'm excited for the future. For sure, I'm excited for the future. I appreciate that, bro. Well, hold it down. Keep doing you. Shout out to Pam. Shout out to Quasi. Shout out to everyone who listened. Yeah. Talk to y'all soon. Take it easy.